On today's pod, Nikki and Michael speak to Valeria about their experiences as musicians at X University. They touch on balancing schoolwork, their processes of getting involved, and favorite communal moments. So please lean in and enjoy this conversation with Nikki, Michael, and Valeria. Hello, welcome to the pod. Uh, today I have two people with me from the, what was it, Nikki? What was the name? <laughs> I forget. The Musicians at Ryerson. The Musicians at Ryerson. I have uh, two lovely people with me here from our STEM department at Ryerson, recent graduates as well, so congrats. But we're here to talk about the music community at Ryerson, how they've been involved. And I'm sure you know me, my name is Valeria, uh, third year biomed, and yeah, I'm really excited to do this if you guys would like to introduce yourselves sure um i'm nikki i am uh was a fifth year graduate i mean i <laughs> was a fifth year of medical physics the co-op program at ryerson and i just graduated or am graduating in june i'm very excited for that mm-hmm. and i've been involved in musicians at ryerson since first year and it has really been a pinnacle of my experience alongside of the stem program here uh, Michael, would you like to introduce yourself as well? Sure, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of the same thing. Uh, I'm, a, I guess, a fifth-year mechanical engineering student graduating in June. Mm-hmm. Um, also find, found my way into involvement with the student group Musicians at Ryerson, uh, where I met many friends, including Nikki. And yeah, I guess more will be said on that. Mm-hmm. Also, you can talk very, um, what's the word, colloquially, like you don't have to sound professional in any type of sense, like, so awesome. don't worry about that. <laughs> I don't know if that if I made that clear earlier, but yeah. Okay. My first thing is that I, I really wanted to know was how you really balanced, or at least tried to, uh, your degree with your participation in the community and with being able to create and convene with other people as well, because I know that it can be very time consuming, but obviously you wouldn't be doing if it wasn't worth it in some sense. But yeah, how how did you balance that? Well, yeah, I I guess you had it right when you say that it is quite time consuming. It can be at least depending on what you're going for uh, and how you're doing it. Mm. I think that around halfway through, this is just from my experience, around halfway through my undergrad years, I started kind of getting more involved in playing, you know, music with other people in groups and stuff like that. And I found that to be a lot of fun. And in the act of pursuing that, there were times when I felt that I was actually, could I say, uh, neglecting (laughs) my education, at least a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. to some degree, it felt like, you know, I'm going to classes and then I'm in there and I'm thinking about, okay, well, I got to get this keyboardist to play here with me or whatever. So it's like, you know, I feel like to some extent, I was definitely getting distracted by it. Perhaps Mm -hmm. a little bit more than I ought to have been. Uh, I I don't know whose say that really is. I mean, you're graduating. It's not like you're going to a graduate program where you need like really specific grades to be able Fair to move enough. on in your career, you know? That's true. I suppose there were some people in my program who were going for that and they were mm-hmm. stressing out a significantly harder. 
<laughs> but I digress. I think that um, when you know when you have something, an artistic passion or anything really that you're kind of pursuing, you know, outside of, I guess, your degree, mm -hmm. it definitely there's definitely a balance to walk. I feel like Nikki can definitely elaborate on that as well, though. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You're smiling. <laughs> Why? What did you do? Yeah, you. Sorry. I'm going to turn my camera on so you can see me better. Um, I think Michael spoke really well about it, and it's something we definitely both struggled with. And I love this question because coming into university, I was seeking for the answer mm -hmm. on how to do it all. And I, I, a part of me subconsciously is like, there must be like an answer on how to that I something do everything that, that you ever want to do all at yeah. once yeah that's kind of me <laughs> I'm just it's like there's some secret somebody's holding somewhere in a universe far away that they're not telling me and I'm trying to find that um and now that I look back on it now that I've graduated like I've always been involved in extracurriculars particularly creative ones specifically music for most of it and then other things as well but um, in high school, I was really active in things, and as I became more of a senior student, my father's uh, he also studied STEM, like he was an engineer. So as I was getting into um, more senior courses and my grades were more important for getting into university, he was he would he would be a little worried. He'd be like, "Are you sure you're focusing on it enough?" Because I was in a musical, and I'd come home at 10 p.m. on a school night, mm -hmm. and my dad's like, what are you doing? And my mom's like, she's been doing it for years. She knows what she's doing. She can take care of it. And I needed that because whenever I, I neglect my <laughs> musical um, creative outlet or I don't have that community, especially on first year when you're transitioning into something and I haven't found that community yet. So like first semester was that like that for me? Actually, it works negatively towards my grades. It works negatively towards my academics because I don't have that outlet. And that's for me. Like, I thought in first year, first semester, you know what? This is a big transition for me from high school to university. And maybe the key is for me to just sit in my lectures, take notes, study, go home, study some more. That's no way to live, though, unless you're absolutely enamored with, like, your subject. Even me, like, I, I love biomed. I absolutely love it. Like, I do poorly in my electives compared to my biology courses. Mm -hmm. uh, but still, like, there, if I don't have some sort of outlet outside of whatever I'm studying, it just becomes so monotonous and dull, really. And honestly, I, I don't understand where that perspective came from. It's always mm -hmm. been in the back of my mind, but I always understood that I work better when I'm not doing that all the time. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I thought that what, when I'm working on it, it's obviously like, it's not showing me results right away, so I need to work on it more. And it's like going to the gym and you work out, and if you do it too hard, you, you obviously you're not gonna get the results you want after one workout, but you might pull muscle and you need to sit down and you need to read a book or do something else. And that's something that I learned over and over again in multiple different like phases. I'm learning it again now in the pandemic because I have to be creative in different ways because I don't have my music group to go to. So like, even if Michael and I, I'm sure we'll talk about it more in the podcast, but when we like didn't consciously think about like, hey, I think I need a jam session right now. Or, hey, I, I think I should 
play or listen to some music, we would go to open mics on Wednesday because we did a lot of the running of it. But just being in that environment, whether we decided to play or not, was an outlet. And then we kind of realized that in the middle of the week, it was a good like breather on school. Exactly. And that's my answer for that. <laughs> You're really well spoken. Has, anybody, has anybody told you that? Uh, but yeah, like you're very well spoken. I don't think I heard you say um, like, or like really stutter at all. It's really impressive. I, um, jinx me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to make you conscious of it. Uh, no, no, it's fine. Thank you though. But yeah, uh, I really agree with everything that you said because I, although like my outlet isn't always music because I've never like, I, I, I've sung all my life, but I've, I've never been like really super involved with it because it's just like, I've had other things that I like to do as well. So, but yeah, I, I really understand where you're coming from. Michael, do you have any, you kept nodding your head throughout. Do you have any comments on that? Oh, um, I guess really just relating in my own mm -hmm. way to what Nikki was saying. You know, I, I think I spent the first two, I guess two years of my undergrad uh, without really any student group involvement, uh, anything really. Uh, I, I played some music, you know, on the side and things like that, but it wasn't really um, like it was a bit later on. I, I took a gap year halfway through, and during that year, I kind of discovered, you know, sort of the other side of university life, you could kind of call it. Um, that's when I met Nikki and people like that, and I think that definitely changed my undergrad years for sure. And after that year, when I came back to school, uh, I actually had to I decided to lighten up my course load a little bit, drop a couple courses, you know, take it a little bit slower just so I could make room for, a, I guess, for the living. new stuff that was in my life for a living, really. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really respect that. I, I, I'm thinking of taking a, a gap year two with all this. Like, I really can't take another online semester. I don't want to do it, so I probably won't. Uh, but, but yeah, the one thing I wanted to ask was, uh, you guys said before we started recording that there was a funny little story of how you guys met through the community. If either of you would like to chime in. A funny story. Is there a funny story, Nikki? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Unless if you're not comfortable with sharing it, that's completely okay and it can cut I it out. I don't think it's anything specific. I think that's what caught Michael and us like off guard right now. We're just like, maybe <laughs> the whole atmosphere of how everybody met each other in that group or continuously meets people in that group is very organic, I would say is the word. <clears throat> um, and I, Michael met the group, correct me if I'm wrong, during your that gap year and in that gap year he showed um so much passion for the group for music for living and for finding those new friendships that you know we don't have the opportunity to do them last past year mm -hmm. um and he came down every day even though he um, didn't have to go to school and like these things um like they started uh, a really nice friendship between us and between the whole group mm -hmm. and I'm really glad he did that and Michael you know what this is your story so I would like <laughs> to not speak for you <laughs> no, it was I mean... really like it was an honor for me to be a part of that that like growth for you oh. thanks I mean that pretty much reflects how I feel about the whole thing really very um I think it was the right decision to say to say the least 
Okay, cool. I wanted to ask as well uh, your history with music prior to coming to Ryerson, how you, uh, yeah, how you connected with it before coming into the community. Michael, like I already have a sense that you said that you like tended. What's the word? What's the past tense of tended? Tended. I feel like yeah. Tended. Yeah. yeah, tended. Uh, to like play more on your own, and you didn't really find that community until later. So, either of you could start. Yeah. Um, I guess you can speak for a lot of us, at, like musicians at Ryerson and stuff like that. That at least I can say for myself is that I, I guess I've been passionate about music pretty much all my life. Mm -hmm. uh, playing music, especially listening to, of course. But um, you know, I think I was probably like three or four years old, and I was all like, "Oh, I want to be a violin player," because I didn't know that there was a distinction between a violin and a guitar. Uh, mm -hmm. And once I figured that out, then I feel like I knew where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. after that and I you know started playing guitar at like like age 10 or something like that you know I was in band in high school too and I really enjoyed that in the stage band I used to play the trumpet and then I started getting into blues music pretty much like after high school ish and I feel like that's when in terms of music passion for it you know for playing music and being part of kind of the music community it definitely just started going up from there but yeah, it wasn't until I met the people at Musicians at Ryerson that I sort of got to start exploring really the more communal side of music, excluding anything I did in high school in like band class, which counts, but it, I feel like it's a little bit different when people are choose. Yeah, you know, yeah. and they're not like in it for like a high school credit or whatnot, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Nikki, what, what do you think? For me, my experience, like I was really privileged in a sense because my parents had uh, made me take piano lessons at the age of four. I'm uh -huh. very, very against that until like 10 years later, I was like, you know what? I actually kind of like this. I like this um, being a part of a skill that I get to take around out, out after the lesson. And I, it's a part of, slowly integrates to a part of who I am. And, and um, I grew up taking Royal Conservatory and with that were definitely some pros and cons, but that was definitely a challenge when I met musicians at Ryerson, because with the Royal Conservatory background that I had is I was uncomfortable playing something that I had not learned before. And I hadn't done like the proper fingering, like you're not very flexible uh, mindset in like listening to other people and jamming on it. It's very much a piano as a solo instrument. Mm -hmm. And um, don't get me wrong, gave me a lot of foundations and skills. Like if I went back and if I got to choose that part of, for myself or for maybe for my children in the future, like I, I would, I would definitely, um, I would definitely do that again. It, it, it uh, gave me a lot of foundations and skills that kind of made sense in places later when I got to improvise for the first time with musicians at Ryerson and, and then I got really good at it and there was no judgment there and uh, it was definitely a skill that needs to be nourished in a, in a non-judgmental kind of environment and for me I, I am, I'm also a singer and that's actually predominantly what I, I do now but I didn't start confidently singing until high school and I, I didn't sing at all until like grade eight and that was like by accident and I was I always thought like it was somebody else's role and mm -hmm. uh, my job as a musician, like a pianist, that's it. Like 
And um, that confidence journey was, it took some years, but I had a passion for it from watching like my favorite performers, like Lady Gaga and Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. And um, I just couldn't stop uh, obsessing over the creativity of performance art. And um, I was able to to have a healthy outlet with them. Um, with his M and R, and when we when we play. <laughs> oh, sorry, my brain turned off for a second. Yeah, like with any skill like that, uh, you just have to really nurture it and not be judgmental of yourself. And I think that leads into another one of the topics that I wanted to uh, talk about is like how students, like at Ryerson or otherwise, uh, can start getting involved and start kind of nurturing that talent, not talent specifically, because I don't really believe completely in talent. It's like uh, just a lot of work, but uh, how like can students start getting more involved? Yeah, just getting started and how you kind of overcame that hurdle of just taking the leap and actually doing it, because I'm sure a lot of people actually think of it, but thinking of it is a big difference from actually taking action. Yeah, I know in universities, like uh, depending on what you're doing in your life, it's a, it's a really interesting time. If you're doing the, like, the traditional path coming out of high school and going into university like I did, it's a huge mental, emotional growth. And um, as a person, what you go from, like it, it definitely took me a couple of years to feel very very confident without a question towards the end of it I was like yeah mm-hmm. this is my space and like anyone can come in like once I've reached that like sense of seniority in the space but for me my biggest boundary at the beginning was being a commuter and mm-hmm. um, the STEM schedule is very packed and you have to come down every day and there's a lot of 8 a.m. so um, the main the main like um, event at the time that musicians at Ryerson held was Wednesday night open mics. It still is, but it was always very late. So that would start at 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. And I, if if anything, my classes would end at 6 p.m. and I'd already be exhausted. And at this time, it's like 12, 14 hour days. And for me, I lived in Durham. I still live in Durham and I'd take the GO train back. And I was really worried about like, because my parents wouldn't go to bed until they knew I was home safe. So they would just wait up for me to come home. And I feel like now, looking back at that, it's not a problem because now they'll still be up late. I think that might have been my fault from like conditioning them that way. But so that was one of my biggest um, hurdles. But there was a lot of involvement through Frosh. And it goes later on in the, I think, the last frosh we had in person, Michael and I and Tio and a couple of our friends, we performed on the stage. And that was a really good moment. And some of the friends, uh, the first encounter I had at frosh was Tristan. And he's a friend of ours still to this day. And he was the first person I met. And sometimes we like to talk about that. We like to talk about who is the person who uh, you first met from the student group who brought you in and it's like so nostalgic but how would i the question was how would i recommend students like overcoming the initial hurdle of coming of um, becoming involved 
whether that's due to confidence or skill or da 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 da. Reward yourself for the little things, like the little steps. And by that, I mean like following the social media, finding out what events are happening and uh, be nice to yourself because overcoming these types of um, hurdles, that's already like, if you have that intention and that's your goal, that's already like a, a good pat on the back in my eyes. I like, I don't think as a society we're nice enough to ourselves. I don't think we're nice enough to ourselves when we're overcoming something. So even if you just as little as following our social media and knowing what events are happening at what time, and then if you feel a little confident later on, come out. Like we'd love to see your face and get to know you. And we'd love to follow you back on social media and support you and your type of artistry. And one thing I've really, really loved about when I met the group and what we still do is that we establish very personal connections with just anybody who comes to any event at any time. Well, we, we at least try to most of the time and introduce by name and sit down and get to know the person. And because even if you don't know anybody else or ha don't have any other friends who are, um, want to come out with you to the events, we have a lot of people who build up the confidence to come alone and maybe they bring their guitar on their back and they're like, ah, well, you know, I really wanted to come and perform. And that's something that we always uh, encourage, but we're like, I don't, I don't want to say reward, but that's, the thing I have in my mind. It's like, I, I feel really proud of that person for doing that because I know how hard it was for me to do that and to have that space. And and being a veteran of that space, I want to share it. So if somebody comes down and they're saying like, hey, um, I'm new here, I'm a first year or whatever, and or like I'm a fifth year and I just saw this event and I've been wanting to go for it for a while. Yeah, come on down. Like being a friendly kind of face is the main reason why I joined at all, I think. And Michael, I'll let you <laughs> tell us your experience and what you think as well. Because mm -hmm. I'm sure it was different for you because like you weren't doing classes at the time and yeah, like how, how did you get involved and how do you recommend that? Uh... Well, actually the during my first two years in university, I did hear about musicians at Ryerson, you know, I went to the off kind of like odd event, like open jams and things like that, that I thought would be interesting. Met a few people, but uh, I never really stuck around extensively. You know what I mean? I never went to the open mic nights on Wednesdays. The actual first time that I stepped into the Ram on a Wednesday night with the intention of going to this so-called open mic that I'd heard about that I was interested in, but I was intimidated and I walked in before the event had even started nobody was performing nobody was people were just sitting around chatting but i just walked in and i walked out because that was how intimidated i was i guess and i can ask myself why but you know like as nikki no, said i think it's better i've done that before with like certain events like i just walk in and i walk out because I'm like I, I don't feel like it like i'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm going home sculpt the vibe you know just like a first glance look you know how i feel about this place and whatnot so I feel like I can, I can relate to the side of students wanting to be involved, but maybe not having the nerves to. I guess I also feel like I um, can relate in terms of wanting to be involved, but feeling like 
you know, like from someplace like, oh, I'm not good enough at this or that or whatever. Uh, and feeling like that kind of stopping me from wanting to get involved. And I think that really the overcoming of those barriers for me was, I don't know, just taking time and thinking about what it is that I really want. And I guess because I'd given myself that time in terms of taking a gap, I guess it was easy to do that. So I guess it was a good chance for me. And I think that at least from the musicians at Ryerson kind of point of view, I've noticed several different kind of barriers that stop students typically from getting kind of heavily involved with us and, you know, making memories with us. And I think that, yeah, one of them it has to do with just the, the nerves, the, the, the social aspect of it. And I think that MRR tries to combat that by, as Nikki mentioned, just basically being as friendly as possible. We don't really market ourselves as a, like a club, uh, like a, even like a group. It's really just, we just kind of call it a community because anyone wants to just come by and, you know, see our faces and make friends with us, see us maybe once a week, once a month, but eventually make friends with us. And they just feel welcome. And it goes a long way in terms of making their, their, I guess, their university life fulfilling in the sense that they can feel lonely and they can feel like they don't really have somewhere to go people to talk to sometimes because I can definitely relate to that too you know and no, I know there are students that like literally just go to school they go to lectures they don't talk to anybody and then they just go back home yeah and, and you know that's, that's university exactly and I that's kind of how I was for the first couple of years you know so now afterwards once I was involved and once I kind of was a veteran of the space like Nikki I would see other students kind of going through the same thing you know and once you see what they're going through and you can understand their perspective, I feel like it's a lot easier to have the right mindset to be able to help them, I guess, accomplish what you've accomplished or rather receive from the community what you have been able to receive, you know? And you try to help bring that along to people. You try to make that happen for people, like that's for you. Yeah, and giving back. That's really nice. That's so wholesome. I love this. Okay. Uh, is there anything else you guys would like to add before I move on to the next uh, kind of general topic? I actually do want to add something. That okay, easy. Michael um, kind of ignited. Uh, one of the boundaries that I think um, is a pretty dominant one is that because we're called musicians at Ryerson, people think that if they can't play an instrument that they can't join the group. Um, so something luckily that has actually been the definition whenever we explain like what Musicians at Ryerson is, it's for um, musicians and music lovers on campus or GTA. And that's something that I think I try to verbalize as often as I can, but it's a, it, that's definitely a huge boundary and people are like, well, I'm not gets lost in translation. Yeah, it's like and or or they they started playing an instrument, but they're like, I'm not good enough. I I'm not a musician. And they see everybody at open mic, and that's really intimidating too. And another thing I wanted to say is that Michael, he is the kindest person. I'm not just saying this because he's here and I haven't seen him in a while. He's the <laughs> kindest person, and like he he puts his mouth um, where his mind is. No, where his money is. What's the saying? His, his uh, money where his mouth is. Money where yes, his mouth is. Yeah, you. yeah. 
Um, he's he's very selfless. Like that's how I would describe Michael. If you go into that situation in, in open mic, and he is really good at spotting out who feels new and intimidated and uncomfortable, and and I, I can honestly say that I'm not because I have a lot of distractions. And like sometimes I will be able to see it if somebody approaches me and saying like, "Hey, can I sign up?" And I, I don't know them. But Michael will go out of his way to make sure that like everyone feels welcome and loved, and that's something I'm proven over and over again. And it's something one of my most admirable traits about Michael. Okay, that that's my little rant. <laughs> I miss you too, to Nikki. <laughs> I miss you so much. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> I just couldn't speak. Yeah, that's so sweet. That's actually so nice. Uh, it's good to have, like, I feel like there's so much, like, shitty things happening lately that it's actually really nice to have, like, just a good, wholesome conversation, you know? Okay. Um, I agree. I wanted to ask you how you've been dealing with the shift. Sorry, that's my cat. Okay. I want to ask you how you've been dealing with the shift since everything closed with the pandemic. I know, Nikki, that you've done virtual concerts I've seen on your social media. And I just want to ask you too how you've really dealt with that shift because it's really like a, my cat, sorry. It's really a fundamental change in how you're connecting with people and how you're performing, you know? <laughs> oh my God, hello. <laughs> For me, at the beginning, it was easier, I think. And um, it's different because you really can't, time manage creativity and confidence as lovely that as that would be. I remember talking to a lot of people in the music community and everyone's like, wow, this is such a unique time we're going through. This is gonna be such great songwriting material. Too bad I'm not inspired. Like <laughs> <laughs> Because every day is the same. <laughs> like I, so much monotony. Where do you, where do you get your inspiration from, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's very um yeah, and I realized, I'm realizing now because I feel like I'm actually in um, one of those kind of downfalls that was probably worse any in the pandemic so far for me. And I'm realizing now that I get inspired from people a lot and being with people and, and just, um, and like this simple thing is like, damn, I haven't sang in a while. Like, the one, the only time I'll sing is like when I'm in a car, when I'm driving myself somewhere, because I'm living with my parents and they know when they let me sing, but I don't want to always do that. You know, people are working from home and, and you don't want to like end up like intruding, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like if I if I sing too, I don't want to just hum by myself for a little bit. So like I want to like do a little performance in my room in front of my mirror. Like something to let out some emotions or like, but at the same time, like piano, it comes and it goes. Like the other day I printed a couple months ago, not the other day, I have no sense of time anymore, but I printed like sheet music for this Chopin song that I wanted to learn for a while. And I learned it and I, I practiced it for two weeks and I was like, learn like maybe like the first half, sorry. <laughs> and I, I was like, wow, oh my God, I feel like a kid doing lessons again, but I did it without my teacher. And, um, I forgot I forgot everything and now it's it's really weird at the beginning like you said I did concerts and I did YouTube videos and and I, I 
I need to get, like I it's not out of my mind it's not something I'm done with but it's something that I'm having a hard time with right now mm-hmm. if it's any consolation uh but I've heard a lot that the times of like stagnation and like the times that you're kind of like in a cocoon are necessary for like the flourishing that comes after you know and the rebirth so to say that comes afterwards so yeah it's kind of like how you can also think that rest is productive because without that rest you'll never be able to to function afterwards you know if you're always going so if that's any consolation no that that is that is very helpful and that is something that people don't talk about and value a lot because it's they don't allow themselves to rest in this especially stem stem kids are (laughs) too hardcore sometimes like dude i don't care that you didn't that you slept three hours just go to bed (laughs) why are you talking to me like the sleep please god the sleep thing is really interesting to me because people have been doing that as early as high school and like it works Mm -hmm. for some people don't get me wrong but i felt at one point Oh my god, am I I'm, I'm like concerned. <laughs> am I should I be on the same page? And then turns out, no, no, no. My body type since I was a baby. Like if I get five hours of sleep or less, I will just wake up and I'll throw up. Like it just doesn't work. And then I ruin like the whole next two days after that. So I'll take my sleep. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> yeah, no, sleep is very important. One thing that you should not ignore i think there was uh there was a couple first years i came around to the musicians at rice in office one time and me and uh another friend of ours ranga we were hanging out and these two these two students come up to us and say hey so this is our first day on campus and we're just trying to you know get a feel for things any tips would be you know greatly appreciated do you have any advice for us in terms of you know beginning our university career and ranga said Yes, the first thing I can tell you is that sleep is not a necessity. And I was like, dude, you know, <laughs> this is all wrong. That's the opposite of what I tell people. With my SLGs that I had, like, uh, I had a bunch of first-year chem, like, chem students uh, last semester. And they would ask me, like, certain things or, like, tips of, like, how I managed um, my program because a lot of them were in the same program as me. And I was telling them, like, sleep, do it. If you don't, like, I, I threatened them. I was like, you're going to get permanent eye bags. I have permanent eye bags. I never had them before, and now they will not go away, no matter how much I sleep. So, yeah, it literally ages you. It makes sense because your cells regenerate during sleep. But, yeah, importance of sleep. Um, oh, yeah, Michael, back to the original question was uh, how you've kind of transitioned to an online space. Um, personally realistically not the not so well uh i've seen i don't think anyone has perfectly to be honest with you i suppose so but see i i feel like in the in the first about like 12 weeks or so of this pandemic like last year i'm talking i feel like that's when inspiration was the highest when it was like Uh, fun i'm like oh yeah i get yeah you know whenever the semester off you know and it's like oh man like the world's like somewhere else now some weird shit sorry like some weird stuff is going on and like you know you can swear it's fine (laughs) (laughs) okay um and i feel like that's when everybody in the world kind of felt this sort of oh my god here's this pandemic thing happening that's connecting us all globally all of a sudden in some strange emotional way 
you know, and I feel like that was pretty big for, I feel like artistic inspiration in a lot of facets, probably not just music. And I guess I, I, I kind of felt that a little bit too. Uh, I wrote a few songs back to back and that's probably when my creativity was highest in the past like year at least, you know, because after that, like you mentioned, the monotony kind of kicks in. Every day starts feeling the same and every week and every month starts feeling the same till it snows. And it's like, oh, cool, Mariah Carey's back. But uh, I think <laughs> Mariah Carey slips out of my mouth every time. Anyway, um, I feel like now it's been so long in this state of things that that kick of inspiration that any artist might have had is like quickly, I don't know, it's at least for me, like it's been fading. And the whole thing about rest, I think, is pretty crucial too, because I, a lot of performative musicians, I guess, uh, definitely were hit pretty hard when, obviously, when social distancing went into play and things like that. And I feel like the way forward for a lot of them was to kind of completely move it over to the digital space in whatever way they could. Those who were less about recording started recording more in their own little home studios or whatever they had, you know? And I did a little bit of that too. Uh, I tried. I ultimately found that for me, kind of like with Nikki, a lot of the energy and a lot of the inspiration, a lot of the motivation, it really comes from being around other people and doing it communally. Uh, as far as music is concerned, like, I feel like, for me, I'm just a lover of just, of different, different, different sounds, different timbres. Um, it's, and you can't me, it's really like, explore that if you're always stuck in your own head. Like, there's yeah, no way to be yeah, it's like, completely it's like, um, original along your own. Like, you're always drawing inspiration from everywhere because none of us exist in a vacuum. We're just an amalgamation of everybody around us. Pretty much, yeah. And, you know, I could say personally that up until that point, I kind of felt like I didn't have enough originality. And then a few weeks into the pandemic, I went and wrote a whole bunch of new songs. So I guess I feel like maybe all of us, to some degree, we might be kind of building on where we can during this time and maybe looking at. Again, I'm getting kind of introspective here, but I feel like during the pandemic, because of all the time and space that I've had, I was kind of intent for a while on improving myself in whatever way I can. And I guess music was a part of that. And I felt like, okay, here's a good opportunity to whatever it is that you want to do. If you just want to practice your technique on, on this like particular style of guitar playing, or I want to learn how to play this instrument, let's say, you know, it felt like a good, time to kind of like basically just get good, you know, hit the woodshed or something. But even that, I think it kind of the energy, it, it just kind of, kind of burned out from it more or less. And at this point, I think I'm just kind of waiting for when things can go back to, I guess, like what we call normal, if I mm -hmm. dare say at this point. And I feel like this period of rest, this cocoon period that you mentioned, I think it's really going to do a lot for really the whole music scene as we're talking about music you know i feel like the whole scene will really like nikki said you might not everybody might realize that that's happening but i feel like it's kind of a big deal and 
when things start happening again, everyone will just have such refreshed energy. And I'm kind of just counting on that, man. I'm just banking on that to lift me back up too. <laughs> no, because like the thing is in a live environment that you really draw a lot of energy from other people and like, dude, okay, I'll be, give you two seconds. Yeah, okay, go. Cool. I have like a small farm in my house that I love, but like they're sometimes very noisy. Uh, anyways, yeah, like, cause um, I went to my first concert when I was like 14 or something. And like, it, it's just so different because you have all these people that are just like in what other setting besides maybe let's say sports, like, do you have all these people yelling, cheering, like just all kind of communally putting so much out there of themselves and everybody's just acting crazy, <laughs> you know, depends on the show that you go to, because sometimes there's like, sometimes it can be a little uh, rough, but other times it's like more sad, somber. It really depends, but it, you sound kind of like an extrovert from what I understand, because you say that you draw your energy from an inspiration from other people. But yeah, it's, it's just very, it's difficult right now and like we got to recognize that but at least this is kind of a time of recuperation and regenerate not recuperation more like regeneration almost even if it doesn't really feel too good at the moment you know yeah mm -hmm. pretty much uh one more i think thing i can say is that the the balance between school responsibilities and artistic passions that you mentioned before that we were talking about for a bit i feel like it kind of ties back into this too. Pardon? Drawn out of balance a bit with like everything that changed? Yeah, I feel like one thing that COVID definitely helped me with are uh, my grades, <laughs> given that there was a whole lot more time and a lot less to do with it. Um, also less commute. Yeah, that cutting out the commute did a lot for my health and my grades. Left. <laughs> I just slept, but then that subsequently affected my grades and made me perform better. <laughs> oh, whatever, whatever works, right? <laughs> well, what were you going to say originally? I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, I don't remember. I, I kind of tend to ramble too. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> it's fine. That's the point of a podcast is to just like ramble, but like in a slightly structured way. Right. Uh, I think one thing what else did i want to ask you guys okay another thing i wanted to talk to you guys about is uh some of your favorite moments whether it's recently or like a few years back i wanted to ask what your favorite moments were if you can pinpoint any of them i know when somebody asks you like on the spot like about something it, you forget everything that you ever knew but i'll ask you anyways <laughs> what your favorite moment was being involved in the community uh, as so far I'll give my favorite moment and it's, I have so many, so like it's a very specific one and it's, it's you not- You can do more than one as well if you'd like. Okay. okay. <laughs> and this is actually a memory, both of ours, like Michael was with me and um, he plays in our band we have together. It's under just my name. That's why my Instagram is my name because I thought it was easier to do that way. But I entered in a contest to play uh, for uh, this this contest called She's the One, and it was uh, featuring female artists at the Ottawa Blues Fest, and they would all go there. Their trip was paid for, and they got to play in uh, a competition against all of you, each other, like two songs, and they got like full weekend passes. 
and um it was really fun like we had five of us in the band and we got two hotel rooms and uh afterwards we got to go see a bunch of really cool artists play at blues fest and that was a really big moment in my musical career but it was also very like precious moment in my friendship with everybody in the band and realizing um, these friendships I made at Ryerson and, and like nurturing this organic thing that I've always wanted to do as a kid and perform for people and have it come true to like just to be able to like, get the phone call and say like hey we really liked your stuff we'd like you to come to Ottawa I was like what this is this happens to people who are like not to me <laughs> it doesn't feel real yeah yeah and that was definitely like a, a really really proud moment of myself and now that I'm looking back at it I'm looking back at my Instagram I'm like damn this is summer 2019 and I was doing I think so I went to Blues Fest I think I saw I didn't go for like all of it I just went because I was in the area and so I went and I saw some of the performances that were on the street like back in summer 2019 yeah 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 that's so cool. Mm -hmm. I love how the world's just so small sometimes, but yeah, no, but you know, what was really sweet is that, um, the artist that I was seeing, like everybody uh, started cheering and they noticed that she was starting to cry a little bit. And so they cheered louder and she started to cry more and it was so, it was so sweet, that's but yeah, exactly. That, that's like the kind of thing that like you kind of miss out on in the digital space, you know, you do. like, I, I can't imagine that happening. But my favorite you know, thing about concerts, it's, um, I've been to like a, a variety of different artists, but it's observing the fans and the fandom and the type of people who come and, um, like the collective um, kind of, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Do you know Marina and the Diamonds? Oh yeah, definitely. So I, I went to her <laughs> concert twice. I went in Electra Heart in like 2015, 14. I was in the ninth grade and everybody was super angsty, super like, like teenage, like everybody had some hormones, problems. angst, like, yeah. yeah. And then I went again for her fear and love uh, tour. And that was really interesting because everybody was really like rude, uh, but also like in competition with each other almost in, in their like problems. But but at the same time, like, we were growing up together. And to come back to that concert in the fourth year of my, or fifth, third year or fourth year of my uh, undergrad, after being in there, like, the first year of high school, it was, I had grown up with a bunch of people, and everybody was so nice to each other. Everyone was so loving, and, like, you were just so comfortable to speak to people, strangers. and mm -hmm. Like, I've made friends, like... I have a girl that like I met at a concert back in like 2018 and we, uh, I don't really talk to her, but every single time I post a picture or she posts a picture, comments, you look beautiful, stunning, gorgeous. Like it, I love it. And then another, uh, what is it? Like, I think I fell down in a mosh pit and like this guy was like, get up, get up. And he pulled me up. And then like <laughs> after it, it, like, and I'm five, three and it was like so many men and, uh, once I get, but it was so fun. <laughs> but it wasn't too bad though it actually wasn't very um rough mm -hmm. uh but it was fun like and it, it's that kind of like 
sense again sense of community and like really like you feel like a collective yeah i'm I'm a huge fan of fandoms uh, part of them they're entertaining but they're it's nice because like i grew up being the only lady gaga fan and like but i also like jazz and, and rock and, and a bunch of really random things that oh no yeah me too listening to and uh probably not in my teens but yeah but when you grow up and or online now it's it's you there is an online community but there's nothing like being in person it's it's totally like it's totally different like strangers you don't even know like i said will like literally like grab you and help you up you know it's not even metaphorically it's literally (laughs) i miss that like uh, acts of human kindness i have no idea what our original question was anymore (laughs) i don't know what was it Oh, it was favorite moments. Michael, do you have any uh, specific favorite moments that you'd also like to share? Um, just just a whole bunch, really. Um, I feel like it's better to just group them off, you know? Yeah, uh, I'd, off. Say, I'd say... I'd say, as Nikki mentioned, the, um, the times where you could say that accomplishments were had. And these accomplishments make you feel like you've made progress. And that progress is often feels like an amalgamation of progress on different fronts, uh, such as your relationships with people, uh, your relationships with Mm -hmm. yourself, um, development of skills, development of confidence. Um, You know, um, I think that there these moments happen like that that kind of make you look back just take a moment and kind of realize that you've kind of come a long way relatively and um and i think those are nice moments um that can come in the form of you know gigs with the band uh big show like ottawa blues fest you know things like that that kind of make you go whoa like cool that just happened um and then i'd say the other side of it all is just all the all the all the moments that seemed insignificant at the time, but looking back, you know, just like let's say you go to one of those open mics and uh, maybe you're not trying to perform anything that day, but you just went to see everybody's face and talk to everybody and see how they're doing, you know, and just just talk to them and just be with them and to feel that love in the room around you. And kind of, you know, it, there's nothing really like it. And I'd say looking back, it's hard to just pinpoint a single memory or even just a few, just because there have been so many of those and they all just stack up on top of one another into this big, beautiful experience, this time that you look back on, you know? Battle of the Bands, that's another big one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, MRR as a group, we used to uh, host a big Battle of the Bands event where uh, you know, a few few bands would audition and be chosen, and then they'd get to play. And last two times, or two times, I think it was in the Maple Leaf Garden. So it's pretty it's a pretty cool event. You know, lots of dancing, a lot of some drinking. You know, like just a lot of fun. Yeah. And the whole motive behind all of it is, I guess, un- it's under the guise of this whole like music thing. Like, oh, musicians at Ryerson, music lovers, and musicians all come in rejoice in the loving of music and at the end of the day it all kind of comes down to the core element of just love in my opinion you know 
I think it's all about the connection that people can get from it. And I think that's really the best thing about it. Mm-hmm. It's just an expression of like, it's an expression of uh, unadulterated joy, like just, and it's so nice to actually like be a part of that and to take part in it when, especially now, like it's just like everything can seem very grim sometimes and you can lose sight of the fact that there's these spaces where there's just so much like, like you said, just a lot of love. It's all based on that. Okay. It's been about an hour now. All right, do you have any more favorite moments you'd like to share? Or is that more or less your thoughts on it? I would just say Battle of the Bands as well and those like open mics and now I'm realizing like how precious It's very nostalgic. Interaction is and I've Oh dude. Just from like in general, like since the pandemic started, I really miss like having small daily interactions with people. Yeah. Like, like you know, walking down a hall and be like, hey, I remember you from last night. Did you have mm-hmm. fun? And they're like, yeah. Or like, you did a great job when you when you went up and performed something. And or, like walking into somebody in the hall, I miss I miss that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, no, definitely. Yeah. For us, when we did uh, Battle the Bands, uh, the second last time we did it, our friend Tristan, who was a part of the, he was an executive at the time, like he had pioneered (laughs) um it taking place at the maple leaves gardens and with that it was a really big deal because we're advertising and it's like yo the beatles played there when they came to toronto and it was a really big deal and um a lot of fans auditioned yeah it's very affirming as well you know yeah (laughs) and i think the purpose of it because it was created and it was um kind of formed before either of us joined the executive team uh, was to have it as like uh, a reward for Toronto musicians almost and exposure and like uh, provide them with some opportunity like giving back to our community and uh, a lot of the opportunities were um, not a record deal no I can't remember what it was Michael I don't want to quote anything wrong so I'm not going to say anything but like it was it was some sort of opportunity it doesn't really matter I don't think anybody listening to this cares too much about like the exact accuracy I know I can't remember I should know it because it like it was a big deal but we had like 500 people come that time and then um uh that year love wagon won which is like a bunch of they were a band formed from meeting at one of MNR's jams. They were all strangers and like completely different Ryerson programs. Oh. And that's what I love. Like in STEM, it's really hard to meet people not in STEM. It's really hard to meet people in other programs. And that's what I was kind of waiting for. And I really enjoyed with this student group because I joined other ones too. And I noticed a trend. And I'm not calling anybody out, but I noticed a trend because uni students work really hard and they work really hard to only get like uh, noticed in a way. Professional connections. Like when you think of like networking, quote unquote, like I think it's good and it's something that you should probably do is like put yourself out there. But like also like people are not a means to their end, you know? Yeah. Inorganic interactions really um, kill you inside a little bit. Yeah. It really does take a lot for me, and uh, I find that people just do it to have something on their resume, or like they do it for the bare minimum. And I found that with this student group is that people were there just because they had one thing in common, and it wasn't Ryerson. <laughs> it 
yeah. No, with that, that was one of my favorite experiences, I would say. Okay, cool. I think I'll let you guys go because I've had you here uh, for my man. What do you want? Sorry. Uh, I think I'll let you guys go because I've had you here for. Yes. Okay. If you can, you hear him or no? Am I just imagining it? Okay. Whatever. Um, yeah, I, I've kept you here for a good hour or so. So long. If you can hear my cat in the background, just ignore him. I don't feel like re <laughs> saying this again. So if you hear him, that's fine. They're gonna hear in the podcast. I really don't care. <laughs> But uh, do you have any closing thoughts before we uh, finish things off? Can we see him? <laughs> yeah, yes, sure. please. Okay, okay. Yeah, come here. Okay. He's very little and he's black, so you can't really, he doesn't pick up too well on camera, but you can see his eyes. But yeah, Did he he's just nice. scratch you in the face? Oh, no, he pushed me away. He never scratched me. He didn't take out his claws. Okay, but yeah, uh, any other closing statements beside, uh, besides my cat? He's, he's the star, I love it. <laughs> um, I want to say thank you. Thank you for thinking of us. Thank you for uh, having this space on the podcast to talk about musicians and their interaction with STEM, I find with me, especially in first year, for some reason, I was looking for an example. I was looking for somebody. Um, I had somebody, not necessarily in medical physics, but somebody in the STEM classes that I was with. I was with like chem, bio, biomed, somebody to be involved in a, in a music extracurricular for them to show me. And I don't know why I was looking for this non-existent expectation, uh, uh, role model, because nobody did it. And then I felt like maybe that's not possible with my schedule. Maybe I can't do it. And not only last year, another student group started. They're called Rye Art Sci. And I absolutely love what they do because they're just shouting out how STEM students can also do art. And that's, I felt like to me, it was just an imaginary stigma. I don't know. In my head, something was going on. Something felt like I don't have the time to do it. Like you put yourself in this box. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a big battle I had with myself. And um, it's something that I'm really proud of to say that I managed or <laughs> I forced myself to do it. Um, doesn't matter. You fall off balance sometimes, but that's what life is. And that's, that's the answer. And I, I want to thank you for having this space and, and for um, allowing us to share our experiences and commemorating what a great time we had at Ryerson with these experiences. Likewise. Thank you. Well, yeah, thank you guys for coming on because it wouldn't even be possible if like you guys hadn't agreed to help me out and be on here. Uh, just like of your own volition, volunteering to do it. It's really kind of you guys and I really appreciate it a lot because yeah, it wouldn't be possible without all of us. <laughs> uh, yeah, that should be it. I'm going to stop recording. But uh, thank you again so much. And I hope you have a nice day. Goodbye.